Hey everybody, welcome to the Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me, I'm Father John, I'm the Executive Director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here as always with my dear sister, but somewhat enfeebled uh, Mary Guilfoy. How are you feeling there, sis? I'm feeling better, and by the way, thanks for giving me what you had last weekend. Yeah, our whole team has it, actually, so uh, let's yeah, make that clear. Is, my whole family is sick. Yeah, so uh, we're we, feeling we, great. We, it sounds probably like we're in a bit of a tunnel, doesn't it? Yeah, because we're on the road. We're in the Archdiocese of Denver with our beautiful friends doing some ongoing or continuing our work here with our friends, and so uh, our sound quality might be a little bit different. Yeah, so apologies for uh, any tech. We'll, we'll blame Nick. It's his fault. Um, <laughs> he's not here, so we just so throw him under the bus. Him. Yeah, and, right. and we're here with a dear brother and friend and a fellow missionary who's just deeply involved here in the Archdiocese of Denver, Tim Klonkowski. Brother, how you doing? I'm doing really well. I got to say for the, I'm a you know, long-time listener, first-time caller, you know, kind of thing. So getting, for all those you, who, you know, are listening every week like me out there, it's even more fun getting to see it in person. So I can, I can. Because it's really that. unimpressive. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's what you do? Yeah, that's what we do. It's like that's seeing exactly the great right. Oz behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz. Oh, oh that, that's it? It's kind of like sausage. Okay. You just I've never get it again. I've seen Not it at all. Not yeah. at all. So, um, Mary, the topic is, uh, what, we're, we're talking about what the Lord's doing here in Denver. And, um, but also as a, uh, I think as a, both as an inspiration for people, I, I kind of, every time we either talk to a, a bishop here or we share what's going on in a diocese, people in other dioceses are moved, they're inspired, they're encouraged because the bad news gets all the headlines, right? Like the church is a mess, nobody's courageously leading, and that's just not true. There's some really courageous leaders and some great things happening here. And then I think after we, uh, we hear what Tim's sharing, um, maybe you and I can talk a little bit about some of the practical applications that people back in parishes might be able to take from what it is that's going on here and utilize uh, where they're worshiping the Lord as well, right? Absolutely, Father John. Well, let's pray first, and we just ask the Spirit to, to come upon us. Uh, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Father, we just thank you for uh, the great work that you're doing in the church right now, for the way your Spirit's moving and stirring up uh, responsive ears and hearts and wills, also that your desire can be accomplished and your children can be gathered back home. We want to thank you in a special way for Archbishop Aquila, for what's happening here in the Archdiocese of Denver. We pray for him. We pray for all his brother bishops, especially as they prepare to meet soon in Washington, D.C., that you'd give them courage and wisdom and charity and joy. But we want to thank you for our brother Tim, uh, for the countless ways that you have used him and you're using him now to inspire uh, and rouse the faithful here in the archdiocese as they embark on uh, this next phase of uh, your plan here for the archdiocese of denver so we just entrust this conversation to you we ask that it would be edifying uh, encouraging and inspiring we ask it all in jesus name amen amen the name of the father son holy spirit so Tim, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, who are you and what do you do here? Yeah, yeah, this is a good question. I get it a lot. Yeah, I, I think I feel in a lot of ways kind of, um, I'm reading for the first time, I have three young kids under the age of uh, 
six and we're reading for the first time The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big Tolkien fan, and so I like couldn't wait to you know the point that they would actually understand enough to read it. And I feel a little bit like Bilbo here, kind of caught up in a big adventure. It's a much bigger than myself, and kind of swept up into this whole thing. So my I work, my title is a director of strategy in the Archbishop's office. So. Um, one of the key pieces that's been part of our work with you all um, over the last stretch of time has been um, to really, you know, assist Archbishop in leading out of a team that's becoming, you know, more than a team, but a family. And so, you know, my job, a lot of it is to just kind of help project manage and facilitate, you know, some of the, the work of that team. But um, previously from Chicago, outside of the Chicagoland area and, you know, cradle Catholic that had a big conversion when I was 18. And um, my hero is John Paul II. And so a lot of my, my vision and my work for a long time, I think, has been you know, really kind of inspired by, I guess, his, um, you know, uh, emphasis on how do we kind of walk out the mission of the gospel in this apostolic age? You know, that's certainly been a lot of our vision here, but it had been kind of the work for a while. Focused, you know, initially I started, I was a high school theology teacher and then worked at a couple of parishes and then... That was fun. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, I, to be honest with you, I loved it. You know, I mean, you. I mean well, you're still young. I, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in like retrospect, you know, like looking back, I'm yeah. like, those were the yeah. good old days. <laughs> so, but I think if you asked me at the time, you know, um, so yeah, teaching sophomores morality. And uh, um, yeah, so, and then um, really kind of got convicted about the parish. And how does the parish as, a, as an institution, how is that a kind of a mission outpost of mm-hmm. this whole um, vision? And so, started an apostolate that I kind of worked. Um, with parishes through that. And then when Archbishop uh, Quill and Keith Parsons and Father Dallins and some of the team here had, you know, kind of moving in this direction of mission and started kind of mm-hmm. putting some footwork behind that and what that really meant. You know, they'd been doing it for a while, but kind of in a new mm-hmm. heightened way. And, um, you know, that had kind of brought me on to uh, to be part of that. And part of, and that's, I really, I do feel in so many ways, even with you guys, we just got done with these two days, right? And working with our, some of the stuff we're going to talk about for the um, synod on synodality, the diocesan phase process here. And I do, I just, I'm humbled, to be honest with you, by what God is doing here. And that mm-hmm. Bilbo analogy is like mm-hmm. apt, right? Like mm-hmm. kind of just caught up in this grand adventure and just um, trust in the Lord as he as He kind of keeps us going. So, yeah, the Lord, me. and the Lord was chosen, you know, you know, like Bilbo, we talk about, or Gandalf, we talk about like, you know, you were chosen for this, right? And, and that's so much at the heart of all that we do, right? With Joan of Arc and the whole idea that I was born for this. Like, you were chosen for this. Absolutely. And I, you know, I also think it's providential, given your love for John Paul II, that your life has been very much marked by him, that God would invite you back, would, would invite you into Denver at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, as you, as you know, as you drive on a campus here, the John Paul II Center, you know, mm-hmm. Um, there's a great statue of him. You know, I remember Glorious. the first time after being hired and kind of coming here for my first work day, I, I drove up and I took a picture of that because it was like, mm. I can't believe it. You, I've heard, I'd heard so much about, you know, this diocese and yes. World Youth Day and, you know, like this was such a, such a special place for his heart. And it was, it was, I, I like, you know, if I was a, if I was the crying type, I might've gotten a little dusty, you know, I'm not, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's just really, yeah, it's a, it's a meaningful part of kind of that whole story. For those who've never been in Denver, it's, it's amazing to see a diocese, or in this case, an archdiocese that's just so marked by one visit, right? So World Youth Day, 1993, and so many vocations came out of that. So many marriages were inspired. So many people like launched into different apostolates or ministries and uh, just the days that he spent here, he was only here, like, what, four or five days at the max, maybe? But look um, at the fruit. The fruit is unbelievable. And so, you know, I, we want to be really sensitive not to say, like, hey, there's really great things happening now in Denver. I mean, there's been some amazing things happening in Denver for a long time. But there's a new thing happening now. And so we've been fortunate enough to be able to serve 
you and the Archbishop and the and the team here and work with the Presbyterate. We came out and did a Presbyteral uh, retreat back in what April or May, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really loved being with the guys. We've been in on a number of times, did some work with the Chancery. Um, and then we were just in for these two days where you rolled out, and love to hear you talk about this, um, that only the church can come up with a name like a synod from <laughs> synodality. Like, what the heck does that mean, right? So, you know, a lot of people just met this with like a, oh, yeah, like, useless, right? And you've really embraced this, and the Archbishop has really embraced this and seen it as a time, almost like a catalyst, right, to propel the church in Denver deeper into mission territory. So maybe you can give us, like, a big... Actually, I'm going to ask you to do this. You're doing something really cool, which I want you to talk about first. I've never seen this in any other diocese. The whole diocese is basically going on retreat. Mm. So talk a little bit about that and and why what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how it sets up how you guys are embracing what the Holy Father and the Vatican are asking for um, from diocese. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about how we can apply some of those things um, in other dioceses or other parish contexts. Can you do that? Yeah, I mean, I'd heard about the whole initiative, right? You know, working in the church, you'd heard these, this synodality was coming. And yeah, I mean, candidly, right, I had some of the same reactions. You, know, you see the documents come out and the graphic design's kind of, it's like, well, what What are we, you know, the crayon, you know, like, but, what, but you know what it is? I mean, in so many ways, like, so much of the work with um, you all, I kind of shared today even, right? Like, you know, I've been in full-time ministry now for 10 years. And I was kind of saying, like, you know, vulnerably, even to all the people there, like, this principle of like letting God lead and letting him be the architect and listening to the Holy Spirit, right? It's like, I'm tired of, of making up my own plans and then anxiously running around trying to make them happen and, and get God to bless them, right? Like, I'm ready to, to follow. And, you know, that, that principle has been so kind of inculcated in our team and in our work with, you know, on mission with you all the, that you kind of, you know, helped us to, to arrive at that, like, you know, why have we found this to be an opportunity for advancement? Well, it's like we prayed about it, you know? And <laughs> yeah, <don't> think it. <laughs> yeah. you know, our, our own gut reactions or, or personal, you know, preferences or whatever. But then we start, it's like, well, this this actually might be from the Lord. We might actually. So, yeah, so this first phase of it, what we recognize is, you know, if we're going to go into, and we'll get into, you know, second probably, right, like the discernment sessions and parishes and, you know, with different groups kind of praying and, and asking God what he's saying kind of about the mission of, of, uh, of Denver and how we walk that out, you know, today, the first step for us, again, you know, in many ways informed by, I, I, hate, I hate to keep pumping you guys up, but you know, you've been so much. It is our part of yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, We've become really convicted too about that. Like if we want to ask about like what the church is supposed to do or how we're supposed to do it, or, you know, like how we carry out the mission, we need to have clarity on what the mission of, of the church, the mission of Jesus, the mission of the disciple actually is. And what better way to do that then you have our, our people know the story. And so, yeah, so our, the way Archbishop Aquila, you know, kind of d- discerned that the Lord was calling us to do that is, is for, for six weeks from the Feast of Christ the King through Christmas um, to really take the entire archdiocese to invite every priest, to ask every pastor to, to preach the gospel, you know, using some of that language of created, captured, rescued response and, and kind of teeing up some of that as well, too. Um, so, yeah, 130,000 Catholics that come to Mass every week in the Archdiocese of Denver, uh, by the grace of God, are going to hear the kerygma preached, you know, powerfully and, and be invited to respond to it um, to kind of kind of kick off this process and to to kind of get, get clear on, on why all of it. So this is amazing. Like, just step back for a second. So we did some stuff at the parish, right, where we would have, like, a priest or a deacon preach every Mass on a weekend, right, so that the whole parish 
could hear, hear the, the same, same message. message. Not right. just the same theme, but the same, same message, message right? right? So here, and, and it paid off immensely, huge, huge right? Huge dividends for the massive of fruit. God. Massive fruit. So now we're talking about an entire archdiocese for six weeks. They're going to hear more or less the same thing wherever they go. For 100 plus parishes, right? Mm-hmm. And for, for five, six weeks, starting with Christ the King. So like Christ the King's going to like lay out, hey, we're embarking on this journey. We're going on a synod. What the heck's a synod? You know, like there's a lot going forward. Um, there's going to be opportunities for us to hear what the Spirit's saying to us. But first, we just want to take time to soak in the story, right? To hear the gospel and please God to be overwhelmed by it, either again or for the first time for some of us, uh, and then make a decision to surrender. And then the four weeks of Advent, week one is what? Everybody's preaching on created, right? Yep. Week two, everybody's preaching on captured. Week three, everybody's preaching on rescued. Week four, everybody's preaching on response. And, and of course, the, the priests are going to be tasked with, you got to find a way to, you know, here's the, these are the language, or this is the language, but you got to make this your own. you got to internalize it. You certainly don't want to parrot me. Um, and lead people through the story so that they can, arrive at answers to the questions, why is there something rather than nothing? Why is it all messed up? What, if anything, has God done about it? And how should we respond? And then what an amazing thing it could be if you got 100,000-plus people who arrive at, at uh, Christmas with clarity as they look at the baby Jesus lying in the manger, like, oh. That's why he's there. <laughs> yeah. I get it. And now, after having done that, that, that's all to soak up or to, to soak in that experience so as to be poised to listen to the Spirit, right, uh, about the mission. Right. So talk about that. Like, uh, what happens next? I mean, the, the, the goal of the Synod, right, is to hear from as many people as possible. What do you guys think the Spirit's saying to the church in the Archdiocese of Denver right now? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the mission is clear. It's given to us, right? It's not something we invent or something, you know, and, and this process could have a, you know, a lot of different you know, ways that it will look locally, but very much so for us, I mean, that, that vision we've kind of come to and how we've been articulating anyway this archdiocesan why is, you know, if we could say simply, you know, why the archdiocesan is so that in Jesus Christ all might be rescued and have abundant life for the glory of the Father right now. So that mission is being carried out in a context right now that's very complex and very new in many ways and, and, and bewildering in other ways, right? And so what we have to do or what we're kind of inviting in the beginning part of that retreat being about this, you know, kind of getting clear on the mission, that second part of it being actually like listening to the Holy Spirit, but listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to the Lord about what? About like, how are you calling us to deploy? Where are you calling us to go um, in this apostolic moment? So that that perennial mission of the church, which has always been the same, right, has never changed, um, can actually be something that finds not just relevance, but impact, power in people's lives, right? And actually change it. So that's these, yeah, we're going to do that first in parishes, you know, these parish kind of discernment gatherings, and then and an archdiocesan-wide kind of uh, discernment event, three-day event as well, too, uh, toward the end of March. But yeah, we've been. That was something we really wrestled with. It's like, what are we listening about, and what are we listening for? And it's like, it, it just has to be. That's so much of Archbishop's heart. That's so much of like uh, the vision. So much of what we, the church just kind of broadly needs right now in general is to wrestle with these questions. And so, what a powerful experience of synodality it would be, listening collectively to one another. Most importantly, all of us listening to God together about like, what are you doing here, Lord? Right? Like, how, how do we get behind? what you're doing again not just inventing our own plans and rolling them out and asking people to get behind them but all of us kind of falling on our face and saying god what are you about because you're about you're clearly about something right mm-hmm. like the work that we've already seen over the last year over the past 30 years over the, you know you've done much and i bet you're doing more 
how do we get behind that? And how do we, how do we, um, you know, uh, yeah, live that out? And, and I love what, so the Archbishop today, so Mary was our, um, Mary was our victim soul yesterday and today because she was, she's been sick. And so she wasn't able to be with us um, for this time that we had with uh, the priests yesterday and then with uh, priests and some of the lay leaders. But if it was effective, it was effective and efficacious because Mary was suffering, um, joining what she was going through on the cross. So thank you for that. But one of the moving things that I thought happened today, the Archbishop, right before lunch, so we hadn't spoken yet today. Tim had led the morning, then uh, Albert uh, did a presentation on listening to the Lord, and then it was time to go to lunch. And uh, he just, as he was preparing to stand up, he he spent some time uh, just saying, Lord, how do you speak? Like, show me how you speak. And so he stands up and he says, so I was asking the Lord, like, how does the Holy Spirit speak today? And this is what I heard. And he says, if um, Curtis Martin hadn't listened to me, there would be no focus. And I, I, when he said that at first, I thought, you're responsible for focus? I think he's talking about himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he went on after that. He's like, if Tim Gray hadn't listened to me, there would be no Augustine Institute. And I'm like, well, Tim, so these guys are both in Denver, like, you're responsible for the Augustine Institute, too? And he's not talking about himself. He's, he's speaking as if it's the Holy Spirit, right? So wow. then he goes on, like, if John, John Beignet hadn't listened to me, there would be no Larsh community. If Mother Teresa hadn't listened to me, there would be no missionaries of charity. And it was so powerful, This was right? the Archbishop? Yeah. Just, oh, this was the Archbishop. Okay. No, this was Archbishop right after Albert's talk on his way up to Greece. And I think Beautiful. it just set the tone for all that we talked about in the mm-hmm. afternoon about the mission. So... Getting clarity in the mission of Jesus, like why did he come? He's beginning the recreation of the universe on Easter. He's bound the strong man, and he's sending us forth in power to proclaim the gospel, which is not to be triumphalistic, and it's not to be romantic, and it's really not even to be optimistic. It might be brutal coming up, but who cares? Like Jesus wins. He's Lord. He's conquered sin and death. So let's go, and let's do what we can to rescue people. And then we spent some time in the afternoon just talking about, like, how do different people do that? And then you walk them through um, how it is that you're, you're, you're calling them, inviting them to apply this. And what I love about what you guys are doing is it's so non-prescriptive. Yeah, that's been intentional, yeah. You know, you just, here's where we're trying to go. And, and, you know, like so many of us who've worked in diocesan ministry or diocesan life or parish life, we're looking for the manual. Like, where's the steps? You know, like, where are the plans? What are, what are all the step-by-step instructions and you guys just made it really clear, like, we don't have those. And I, because we know that doesn't work. And that's not to be right. disorganized. Right. Make, to be clear, but tell them, how, tell them what you're trying to do. Because to be clear, you guys aren't doing a full-blown synod. No, not in the classic sense. Like, nobody yeah. could right. in four months, right? So you're, you're trying to get as many people as possible to weigh in, right, after having some period of formation, which I think is so brilliant, and then to have some opportunities for them to what speak to some particular questions, right? Right. Which are you guys still working on those? The specifics of them, yeah. And I think, yeah, even backing up more, like some of the the some of that's intentional, even right. Like enough enough clarity to empower local creativity, right? Like not enough yeah. clarity, and everyone just kind of like either does nothing or runs off in a million directions. Mm-hmm. Too much prescription, and everyone just wants to know, like, well, I just don't want to mess up, right? Like how do I. And this is, Rick spoke to this really powerfully, I thought, um, toward the end of the day, where he was kind of saying, like, this is what it looks like to be the church in an apostolic age. 
right? Like if we're putting in this new operating system for the church, which is about more than just like we did things differently, but it's like we thought differently. We prayed differently. We like, you know what I mean? Like the operating system, like your computer, where it's like the whole thing is like running from a different, you know, platform in so many ways. Like there has to be enough room for God to actually work. Like we have to have a little bit of a sense of like, we don't know exactly what the outcome of these listening, you know, gathering or these uh, discernment gatherings are going to be because like, yeah, like Mother Teresa wasn't looking for that call within a call. Right. She wasn't like, she didn't, you know, set itself up. So, you know, it, it, it he, he did, Our Lady of Guadalupe was unlooked for, right? Like this was one of the themes we were kind of trying to look for today is like, can we just give space for God to actually move? Can we give space for God to actually work? So the three ways we're trying to yeah, gather the, the feedback or the insights or the results of prayer, and all can be prompted by formation and prayer and discernment, but we have a, a digital kind of like everyone available to everyone, you know, here's um, some of the, like, what we're doing and why and, and some ways to pray through some of these questions. But, um, you know, and then uh, kind of smaller in-person select group gatherings and then kind of larger group, you know, still facilitated conversations at mm-hmm. tables. But the, the questions all kind of are revolving around, yeah, exactly the wording. I almost wouldn't want to get out ahead of, like, we're, you know, yep. some of those were I know like, you're still praying about it, yeah, thinking like about it. Two-thirds two of input, the way too. there. Yeah. Right. yeah, we want feedback from today yep. or from the, the gathering with the priest yesterday. But we know what they're going to be is around these buckets of, you know, um, in light of what the mission of the disciple is, like what, how am I, like I being called today, right? In light of what the mission of the parish is, like how is that being called to, you know, be worked out today? And in light, you know, in light of what the church, the, the, the mission of the church is, which is, you know, I, in many ways for me, like the mission of Jesus is the mission of his bride, right? Mm-hmm. The church, mm-hmm. like how is, how is, how are we being called to that today? And we, we led them on a really interesting, after your talk, Father, um, you know, for we led them this really interesting prayer exercise, which I kind of loved, which is like, what, what's the word kind of God is speaking to you about your mission as a disciple today? Like with everything we're doing, training these leaders, right? Parish leaders, so often it's like the training's about, you know, what are we telling you to do? Here's, here's, here's the playbook and here's how you got to go run it out. And really, I think there was an element of retreat today too, about them being renewed in these principles of reacquiring a biblical worldview and God as the architect and kind of inviting them almost like you as a disciple, like what's the particular, if God has chosen you for this moment, like, and if he's, you know, like that Joan of Arc thing, like how's, how's that in your life today too? And I, I, I sensed coming back from the chapel, that there was a lot of, or from the church, that there was a lot of movement in that time. It was overwhelming, right? I mean, so to see, we had like maybe 250 people or something like that roughly yeah. today, you know, between priests and their uh, kind of like there's some of their key leaders and they spent a half hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament in the church uh, where we were at and they were just really engaged and responding to the Lord and came back. There was great discussion around the tables. Um, you, you all gave them a great vision, I think, of where you're going. And I, I thought, you know, the, the application, you know, for parish life or other dioceses in, in these days when, you know, they might be tempted to just go like roll their eyes and it's another thing we're being asked to do. Mary, you and I know uh, parish life. So we had 12,000 people, the, the, the last parish where we had a chance to serve. And you can't know the, the, the inside of 12,000 people. Like it's not possible, it's not right? It's possible. And, and so you, you, you get feedback from the people you're closest to and, and the key leaders uh, and then from the people who complain a lot. Right. And that's about all you get feedback from. So here's an opportunity to just, okay, we, we, we heard again, or maybe we learned for the first time what the mission of, the, of Jesus is. Now we're hearing the mission of the church, and now we're being asked to, like, pray and ask the Spirit, Lord, what are you saying to, like, St. Mary's? Or what are you saying to St. Hugo's? Or what are you saying to Our Lady of Guadalupe? 
our concrete parish situation because we want to be more on mission. Maybe at some parish, you know, so you're going to get these listening sessions. Um, and these are things that any parish could do right now. Like, we want to hear from all the faithful. And I think the faithful would appreciate being heard, heard. from, <laughs> you know, to create a, a platform, an atmosphere where, where their voices could be heard. And it's also a teachable moment, too, Father John, because um, I, I would suggest that many of us sitting in the pews week after week, we certainly believe in God. We wouldn't be there. But I'm not sure how many of us who sit in the pews week after week believe that God still speaks today and wants yeah. to speak to you personally. Yeah. And he does, yeah. and he will. Yeah. And all of our Christian faith is predicated on that reality that God still speaks today. And in our apostolic days in which we live, I think we'd all wholeheartedly believe God's desiring to speak to the hearts of his people. Right. Because I, I believe we're in a very, very unique time, and he wants to get us engaged in his mission. And what you just said um, helps make it clear, like, what these aren't. Like, so these opportunities, whether it's in the archdiocese here or whether it's in a parish, if they decide to do something like this, which would be really worthwhile, um, they're not vent sessions. They're not a chance to complain, you know, like, hey, I think the church should offer you know, you who instead of, uh, you know, great, you know, wine for, um, for the consecration or Oreos or I think the church needs to change her teaching on, you know, marriage or sexuality or whatever the case might be. Um, we, we need to listen for the voice of the Lord and then discern how is he asking us in our concrete situation to respond more deeply to the mission so that we can what? Reach those who are not here. Amen. Because at, at, at every Mass, we, we should be looking around going, who's not here today who's supposed to be here? Because I don't know a parish in the world where it's standing room only every week. And it's supposed to be. Because there's no hope anywhere else. And what you're trying to do, which I love here in Denver, and which is so much a part of our mission too, you're, you're trying to mobilize the faithful for mission. Right. You know, so everybody who's there today, they work in a parish or they work in a diocese, and quite honestly, they're exhausted. And they're exhausted because um, everybody, more often than not, expects them to do the work. And the work, to be sure, they're supposed to be working hard, and they are working hard. But the work is supposed to be equipping and mobilizing the, the lay faithful in the pews to go out and do this extraordinary mission which God has uniquely entrusted to the lay faithful, which doesn't mean the paid employees of the parish or the archdiocese. It means the husbands and the wives and the single men and the coaches and the single women and, and the young people so as to go into the places where they are with the leaven of the gospel to give people hope in a world which is increasingly anxious, frightened, and at each other's throats. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. It's almost like I hope that the work itself of this kind of process actually, like, it, the fruit I think will be in terms of what we hear and what we communicate and what, like, comes, you know. But I also hope a fruit is that it just changes mindsets and perspectives even just by like doing it but certainly by the the retreat experience is going to be mm -hmm. powerful but even the chance of like listening and listening about my mission as a disciple it's almost like if we can unlock that part of it mm -hmm. then the other roles become more clear right if, if like ordinary disciples are actually living in the world you know and on mission then that makes the parish employees and school employees jobs more clear right to support them in doing that yeah. and then that makes our job at the pastoral center mm -hmm. more clear to support them in doing that and, and, and you know like it just kind of like it's one of those things that it, it brings clarity but there's a lack of clarity sometimes. And so we think, I got to do it all. I'm, I'm the director of evangelization. That means I need to evangelize everybody in this. You know, and that's just not, I mean, you know, that's just not possible. And, and, and so, can I say something real quick? I'm going to cut you off because I do that all the time. But um, So 
what I love about what you just said, you, just to tease that out, what this is not about is going through an exercise to come up with some answers to questions to give to Rome. Right. That, that's going to happen. There's going to be a 10-page document that's going to Rome. But what it, and that's going to be fruitful, please God. But what it is about is a total mindset shift. In every parish and in the whole archdiocese, like, this is what the work is, and now we have clarity on it. And we're roused to go do it, and we're confident in the Lordship of Jesus, and we're aware of the urgency of the times we're living in and of the unique role that the church plays because politics can't fix the problem because the problem is the heart. And we're sent out to tell people about the one who can fix the heart. And that, that's what I think is just so exciting about what you guys are doing. You know, when um, you're spot on, Father John and Tim, when you were speaking, I was thinking about like um, a blood pressure cuff. Mm. And once they tighten that cuff, you just feel all this pressure around your arm. Mm. And then they start to let that little knob go around the little pumping thing. And that thing starts to deflate. That's what parish life feels like. It feels like sometimes like that tight pressure cuff. But when we spin the arrows away from, you know, the pastor, the leadership team, the parish leaders, the ministry leads, and we start equipping people in the pews for the work of mission, the pressure is yeah. off. Yeah. And when people come to understand clearly that they have a gospel mandate, a biblical mandate, they have clarity on the missions, they are going to get all fired up. And that's what the that's what the church was always meant to be. And as we've heard you teach clarity on the missions um, in a couple spots around the country, um, the, the, the response from that has been overwhelming. Um, personally, we hear from people like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know God could use me in this way or that way. And they're eager to discern what is God's calling on their life and their vocation in their parish, in their neighborhood, whatever that might be. But just to take the pressure off yeah. parish staffs will be huge. And the win is, is that people will be lining up, wanting to be formed and be trained and equipped. How can I help you? Yeah. You know, we, we, oftentimes we're on our knees praying for 72 wise people, <laughs> you know, and hope, you know, and as we pray, hoping someone rings the, rings the phone or yeah. comes to our door. So this is a great, great time. Yeah, yeah I think it's almost, it, it ties into that concept of, of synodality, right? Pope Francis, I've, I've been trying to read a lot to understand kind of the Holy Father's heart for this concept. And he talks about, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a listening to each other, like a listening to understand kind of different people's contexts and experiences and where they're from, but collectively all together listening to the Holy Spirit. What I hope it leads to is what you're describing, which is an, an ownership, like a sense in each of us that like, um, the church is not some building somewhere or like, you know, somebody else's job, but like, like this is me. Like yes. if someone's going to go to the margins or go to the peripheries, which by the way, you know, more of the world is the peripheries right now than not. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I, I hope it leads to, yeah, if we're all journeying together, like if the, the ownership of the church is not just about advocacy or my opinion, but it's about like Jesus is Lord and, and he's got the answers to all the deepest questions of every longing of every human heart. And, um, and, and, and it's my job to own that mission um, in a way that only I can. I do hope that's a fruit. I love that. I love that. I just want to encourage people to pray for uh, the Archdiocese of Denver, for Archbishop Aquila. Ask you to pray for Tim and for all those who are involved in leading here. I mean, is, you know, as, as we're watching what's happening here, I think what's so inspiring and daunting is you guys have crossed a threshold and you're now in territory where no one's been. You know, like, there's no map for this. Like, no one's done this. Um, 
And I think that's why it's so inspiring and why we want to continue to pray for, for you, for the arch, for everybody here, just for courage, for wisdom, for clarity, uh, for discernment, because um, you are um, imitating one of our heroes uh, very much, Joan of Arc, and just saying, hey, like, I'll go, like, I'll do it. You know, like, I'm sensing the prompting of the Spirit, and I'll go. And when we see people do that, when they live courageously, it moves us to be courageous yeah. and to do something similar. So please pray for uh, the Archdiocese of Denver. Please pray for Tim. Please pray for the, the priests here who are preparing to preach. Um, share anything you want with anybody you want about all these ideas that, uh, that the Spirit's stirring up here. Um, take some of these ideas maybe back to your parish and talk about, hey, Father, how can we, uh, how can we hear more from the lay faithful about what, what might be the mission that God's calling us to do here in our own parish and uh, let's just act and live with tremendous confidence in these days. You hear chimes go off because we're in a tunnel and we've got phones that are ringing. I think, I think that's actually the spirit. <laughs> it's saying 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 it's God wants to give that same confidence and trust to each and every one of us. So mindful of that. Do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this. 